0: Um, I read an article this week that um, was really interesting. It was talking about the fact that um, a lot of married couples along the way, as they stay married, stop talking to each other. And they were talking about the fact that there are some couples who literally have hardly spoken to each other at all for years, though they stay married. And in, in the article, it, it talked about a lot of different reasons why that happens, um, but whether it's an, uh, an offense that happened that never got worked through, or, or whether it's just a lifestyle changed along the way, and they kind of got busy in their own worlds. But, but all of it kept coming back to, to one thing, and here's the deal. Neither one were willing to confront what was going on between them. In other words, this lack of speaking to each other was never talked about. Look at me. Just hear my heart. It's hard to fix a problem if you don't talk about it. Amen? And that's what I want to talk about today. Um, Of all of these habits, I'm in this series called The Seven Habits of Great Relationships, and out of all the habits that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to tell you that this is probably by far and away the hardest one for most people to do, because what I want to talk about is the habit of confrontation. Now, when I say the word confrontation, don't get the wrong idea, because we say confrontation, people think of something ugly, you know, something, something with anger and all that, you know, we go, man, we're going to, you know, we're going to duke this out, you know, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the willingness to have hard conversations, honest conversations, when you really want the relationships to work and really be healthy. Now, how many of you would be honest enough to say that you really do value your close relationships? Anybody? Yeah, lots of us do. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. Do you value those relationships enough to speak up when you need to? If I were to tell you that to keep your relationship healthy and strong, you needed to talk about something that you really didn't want to talk about, Would the relationship mean enough for you to do that? Now, this is, I'm gonna tell you in advance, this is an uncomfortable conversation that we're about to have because this is a place I've discovered that most of us don't really wanna go. Like married couples, we would rather pretend that there's nothing wrong than really get honest and have a hard conversation about this distance that's there. Now, if you want to take your sermon outline out, you want want to track along with me, I'm going to to really encourage you to take good notes today because there's someone in your world that's really going to need this stuff if you don't. Um, I I want to give you this this message today. I I called the message Bold is Gold, man. Bold is gold. Being willing to be bold enough to have an honest conversation is gold in your relationships. I wanna give you the words straight from Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 18, as he talked about in this chapter about what do you do do when there's something between you and someone else? How how do you deal with that? What are you supposed to do with that? Jesus has a a great word, and I'm just gonna unpack what he said for you this morning. You ready? Look with me at Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15. Read it out loud with me. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Now, I wanna talk to you about how to confront the Jesus way. Are you ready? Here we go. Go, that's your first word. Go, everybody say go. Go. Don't harbor the hurt and let it build. I love how Jesus says if there's something there, what do you do? Go. Go. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't sit on it. Go. Why? Well, it's really important. Look at the passage of scripture there. Hebrews twelve fifteen. Read it with me, church. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Did you catch that? Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Now, what happens when someone hurts you, uh, offends you, or does something that, uh, what what happens that we take that and it's like a seed of woundedness and we bury it? And what, what happens? The longer we let it sit there, what does it do? It grows. How many of you have ever seen a weed in your yard and noticed there's just this little weed sticking up and you think, yeah, gosh, I really ought to pull that or I ought to do something about that. But you don't, and then you come back sometime later and that weed has really grown. How many of you have ever seen that happen? Wanda, it was about a week ago or so, we have in our storm shelter out in our backyard, we have this embankment that it's it's got bushes and flowers and all this kind of stuff on it. Wanda came, she said, Steve, she goes, do you mind, she goes, there's these four weeds sticking up out there on the storm shelter. Do you mind going out and pulling those? And I'm like, of course, I'm manly. That's a manly thing to do. I'll go out and pull the weed. I walked out there. Ladies and gentlemen, those were not weeds. They were trees. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, these things were like this tall. And I've I'm, I'm got these things, and I'm like, uh, you know, I've got to get the shovel out. I've got to dig those things out. You know, when you get weeds when they're small, they're pretty easy to pull up. But the longer you let them sit there, their roots go deep. Look at me. That's exactly what happens to us in our relationships. We let stuff sit there and it simmers and it grows and the roots of that go deeper and deeper and deeper. You see, the longer we begin to to allow that stuff to sit, the the more we just ruminate on on that hurt over and over and over again. Look at this other passage of Scripture. I I I want to get you this. This is really key. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Look at the words of Paul. Read it with me. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for angry gives a foothold to who? Oh, don't miss that. You see what happens when you don't go and deal with an offense? What happens is you will take that offense and your mind just begins to go with it. And your imagination begins to read in intentions of what, why somebody would do that and how they, they couldn't have a caring bone of their body if they said something like that to you. And your imagination begins to take you to the worst possible places. Now look at me, don't miss it. Where do you think that comes from? It's not a trick question. It comes from the enemy. You see, that's the foothold. He gets in and he starts feeding your mind all this stuff because his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. And he wants to create wedges in your relationship. And so when you don't deal with it, you allow him to take that wound and just mess with you. And the longer you let it sit there, the more crazy your imagination goes. It's funny, I had a tremendous insight into this just a year or two ago. Um, one day, I, I came home, and at the end of my day, I'm ready to be done. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to be done. And I come home, and I've got this 80-inch television that, for me, I, I like to get my food, get me a movie where lots of people are going to get blown up, and, and uh, c- come on, I got to be nice to people all day long. When I get home by myself, somebody's got to die. That's just that's the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> So I I, want to, I get get this, I I get my movie. Well, one day I come home and I have my food and I go to turn the TV on. I can't find the remote. Well, these aren't these simple things you just push about. These TVs, you've got to have a remote to talk to that thing. I'm looking for my remote. Now we have, we have a little place where the remote goes, but did my wife put it there? Of course not. So I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking. Now, please don't miss it. This is a. As I'm looking for this remote in the back of my mind, I start hearing this voice. Why does she do this? The remote has a place to go. Why does she do this? You know what? She knows you get to come home and watch a movie. She doesn't want you to watch a movie. She wants to make your life miserable. She's going to hide it. And, and so I'm looking through this thing, and, and, and all of a sudden it goes from looking to the remote. My, why, why does Wanda do this? Can't she? And all of a sudden, I kid you not, it's like the voice of God spoke, and it's like, Steve, do you really believe that your loving wife has nothing better to do than to hide the remote from you? I go, well. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> No, it, it was so good, I, I kid you not, it was so good because it was like, no, that's ridiculous. Wanda's in a hurry, she gotta get to work, it's, it's gotta be, and, and I found it. But here's what happened for me that day. I recognized that enemy's voice and I recognized I could look back through the years and I could tell you again and again and again how many times that voice had taken something that I was looking at as an offense or a wound or something that, and started reading into it, something to try to create distance between me and my wife. You see, the longer you let it sit there, the more the imagination begins to build. The other thing, the longer the longer you let this wound sit here, the memory starts becoming foggy for the person who offended you. You know, if I I said something ugly to Wanda this morning and she came to me this afternoon and said, you know, you remember this morning when you said that? Um, I probably would go, oh, yeah. But if she asked me tomorrow, that memory starts getting foggy. If a week from now, Wanda comes and says, you remember last Sunday when you did it? If, if a month or two months or a year from now, Wanda comes to me and says, you remember when you said that? I'm gonna go, baby, I don't even remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. Are you, are you kidding? And you see, the longer we wait, you see, the memory's fresh for us because we play that memory over and over and over again. We keep that memory alive. But for the people who don't know that they've done wrong to us, that memory fades, does that make sense to you? And the longer that memory sits there, the greater the distance between us. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why Jesus said, go. Everybody say that word, go, deal with it. Second word I wanna give you, privately, privately. Jesus said, go privately to the person who offended you. Go, go privately, not in front of others. Um, a couple weeks ago, I stopped. I had ordered some takeout lunch from a restaurant here in town, and I, I went to the pickup window. I got to the window to get pay for my food. And as I'm standing at this pickup window, there were a couple of employees inside, and this one woman turned to another woman and just began to call her out right there in front of everybody. And I'm standing at the window going, oh my goodness. And this, I mean, she's just really letting this person have it. And then they get back and forth in this. And I'm thinking, you know, this is something, she's not just calling her out in front of, in front of other employees. She's calling her out in front of customers and, and everybody. Look at me. I love you. We don't do that. That's not the Jesus way. Jesus said you should go how? Privately. Don't call people out in front of other people Do you want that to happen? Of course not. That's why I put that verse of scripture on your outline from Matthew 7, 12, called The Golden Rule. Read it with me. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. I put this in your outline. Read it with me. Praise people publicly. Correct them privately. Now, let me take this one step further. Hear my heart. For those of you who are husbands and wives, don't call your spouse out in front of your kids. If they've hurt you, if they've done something, do not confront them in front of your children. It's not the Jesus way to disrespect your spouse in front of your children, amen, amen. And and for those of us as parents, to the best of our ability, and I know there's sometimes we've got to intervene and get strong with our kids when, when there's something going on and we've got to protect them, but to the best of our ability, don't call your kids out in front of their friends. Don't call your kids out in front of their friends. That's disrespectful to them. That's shameful for them. You you will only drive them away from you. Does this make sense to you guys? Jesus said, if you're gonna go, if you've got something there, go privately. Now the third one, church, listen carefully. Go to them. Not to other people. Go to them. Go to who? Go to the person who offended you. Look at me. You got to write this down. Because I'm going to tell you, after 40 years in the church, this is the one the church doesn't get. Most church people I know do not go to the person who has offended them. They go to about seven other people and talk about it. And I'm telling you, that is not the Jesus way. Amen? Oh, that's not good enough. Is it amen? That's yeah, not the Jesus way. Jesus said, go to to them, I remember when I was in college, I was, um, I was in the student center, and a whole gang of us sitting there, and we were talking and laughing and I, and I know this is hard for you to believe, but I had a high need for attention at that, at that time and, and I was a jokester, and I liked to you know make fun of people and do all that kind of stuff, you know and it was just very, very childish. But I, there was, in, in the course of that time we were there together, uh, I said something to one girl who was sitting there and everybody laughed, but she didn't laugh. In fact, she got up and left. And, you know, everybody kind of just, she just walked out and I'm, I'm watching her walk out and we're, we're just all kind of sitting there for an awkward moment or so. And then I, I finally, you know, kind of got to me, got, felt guilty, and I thought, I really need to go apologize. I, evidently, I hurt her feelings and, and all that. So I went over to the girls' dorm. Now, the Air Phillips dorm, there was an intercom outside where you could turn it, and if you turned it one notch, you, it, the intercom went into the inside hallway, and you could hear what was going on in the hallway, and then you had to turn it a second time to talk into the intercom to say, hey, would you get so-and-so for me? So I turned the intercom, and just as I turned the intercom one click and could hear what was going on in the hallway, I heard my name. And it was the girl who had uh, feelings I had just heard, and she said, I can't believe Steve Giles said that. He's just such a jerk. I loved it. And she was going on and on and on and on and on. I'm standing there listening to all of this outside. And I'm like, whoa. And so I waited until she finally calmed down a little bit, and I turned it one more notch, and I said, Anita, would you please come outside and talk to me instead of everyone else? And another girl who was obviously right there she was talking to came outside and eyes about this big and said, who, who did you want to talk to? And I said, I wanted to talk to Anita, the one who was running me down to all of you guys. And Anita came out and, and she was crying and I apologized and we, and we made it okay. But I thought, you know, why, why go to 15 other girls who already hate me? I don't, I don't need reinforcement there, you know? Why not come to me? But this is, this is what we tend to do. And it's not the Jesus way. Look at me. You don't resolve an issue with someone by going to someone else. That's not what happens. Look at the passage of Scripture on your outline. <coughs> oh, throw, that, throw, that, throw that quote up for me. I like that quote. A lot of problems in the world would disappear if we talked to each other instead of about each other, amen? You got it, Proverbs 16, 28, look at the passage of scripture, read it with me. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. I put the statement on your outline because gossip is when we assassinate someone else's reputation to someone who's neither a part of the problem or part of the solution to the problem. And we're tearing them down, giving somebody else our opinion of what took place. And when we do that, we're, just, we're, just, we're literally killing their reputation. That's why I put this. Gossip is like executing someone without ever giving them a chance to stand trial. Church, I love you. Look at me. I love you. I really do. But we'll solve a lot more problems if we go to one another with our issues that we have rather than going to other people. At least that's what Jesus said. Amen. Fourth thing Jesus said was point out the offense. Point out the offense. Not your interpretation of the offense, not what you're imagining the offense to be, not what you think their intentions were, point out the offense. In other words, share what you know, not what you don't. You see, one of the problems that happens when we, when we go to have a hard conversation is we don't do what we call confront with confusion. I put this on your outline, confront with confusion. When you, confront with acute, uh, with, with, uh, when you confront with confusion, you don't assume the other person's attention. You simply say, help me understand. Help me understand why you said this. Help me understand why you did this. Help me understand why you didn't do this. Help me understand. In other words, I'm not gonna assume your intention or, or that you realize what to play, but help me understand because that was hurtful to me. That was painful to me. Help me understand. Because what happens to us is we start assigning all kinds of intentions, and and, and we get crazy about it. Now, I put this on your outline because you got to understand. You don't know what they meant. You know what you heard. You know what you felt. But you don't know what they meant. Amen? You don't. Sometimes I've found out, I've gotten my feelings hurt and the people, meant, Wanda and others have meant the exact opposite of what I was interpreting with that. You don't know what they, what they meant. You don't know what they were going through. So often what's funny is how we personalize stuff and we have no idea what a person's world has been like. Look at me, I love you guys. I have no idea what your week was like. I have no idea what kind of pressure you've been under. I have no idea what kind of things have happened to you. I have no idea what kind of woundedness you may be dealing with or what kind of grief you may be dealing with. People carry a lot of baggage with them. And sometimes we don't don't know what they've been. There may be a reason why they look like they do. There may be a reason why they're looking at you with a scowl and it may have nothing to do with you. Thirdly, You don't know what you don't know. In other words, not a single one of us in this room are omniscient. And there may be things that are going on that you have no knowledge about. It it is so funny to me through the years how, how many people I've had who have pulled me aside at some point and go, are you mad at me? No, why would I be mad at you? Well, last Sunday, you walked right by me and didn't say anything. I walked by about 400 people last Sunday. I don't remember walking by you. Now, look at me. I love you. But I am not thinking about you on a Sunday morning. Are you okay? I'm thinking about what I'm gonna be saying. I'm thinking about things that gotta get in place. I'm thinking about a 100 of them. But I'm probably not thinking about you. And it's not personal. Not that I don't love you. Not that I don't care about you. I'm just focused on a Sunday morning. And the moment we start personalizing stuff, guess what? You know what? It's not about what's real or not real. It's about this imagination that we let go. Don't make assumptions. I I read a great story. This was so awesome. It was a a counselor. She's a gal named Stacey Lee. She's a family counselor. She played out a scene that I guarantee happens all the time in in homes and places around. And I I guarantee a lot of you can relate to this. She was talking about the, the danger of making assumptions with other people. She gave an example from her and her husband. She said, let me give you an example of a time I was faced with something that could have gone either way. About a year ago, I was working in my home office and my husband walked by and said, hey, just so you know, I cleaned out the fridge and threw away the leftovers. I immediately felt blamed and just knew he was mad at me. Now, you might be thinking, what is the big deal about that statement? Yet the background is that that has been a sore point in our relationship. Curtis doesn't like when he feels like we are wasting food. Of course, neither do I. The issue is not that we disagree on the issue, but in how it has been communicated in the past. In previous conversations, Curtis would use language that, that, made, that I felt judged by and, and it often felt like he was blaming me that the waste would happen. So when he walked by and made that comment, it triggered this blamed feeling for me and I physically felt the blow and so I readied for battle. My internal dialogue went something like this. How dare he blame me? I'm not the only one eating or not eating food around here. It's his fault too. What a jerk. I don't walk around pointing all the things out that he does, but I will now. I'm just sitting here trying to work and he feels the need to point this out. He doesn't even appreciate how hard I'm working. He doesn't appreciate me at all. And it went on and on and on in a monologue of anger. And I guarantee you, I'm playing some of this out in your mind, you're going, I did this last week, I guarantee you. Let me tell you, I was ready to go for it with him. I was about to rain down the wrath of a fiery Italian woman on him. He should have been scared and he didn't even know it. Yet I stopped myself. I took a breath and I thought, you know, maybe I am wrong. That's huge. I'll get, I'm i gonna guess most of us didn't ask that question last week. You know, maybe I am wrong. Let me ask him before I react. So he walks back by my office and I stop him and here's the conversation. Hey, are you upset about the food? Are, are you mad at me? Curtis looked at me like I had just grown a second head. No, I was just letting you know that I had done it in case you were thinking that you needed to do it too. Me, okay, thank you. What happened in me is that I was worried and I assumed you were upset since that's been an issue for us in the past. Curtis said, nope, not at all. And then he went on his way. (laughs) I went back to work. Now an important point to note here, she says, is when he told me I, he told me that I believed him, but it, it didn't it didn't take away that punched feeling right away. It took a little time for that to dissipate and I had to deal with it on my own, just breathing and kind of refocusing on my work and reminding myself of his answer. And once that initial feeling went away, I felt really good because this conversation could have gone a a much different and frankly, it has in the past, bad way. If I would have reacted to him on my assumptions about his motives and laid into him with anger, it would have turned into a fight that would have left him feeling unseen, unappreciated, and attacked. Are you getting this? We make assumptions all the time about people, what their motives are, their intentions are, and what they mean. And when we don't confront with confusion to understand, we set ourselves up for a fight rather than reconciliation. And that gets me to the last thought. Jesus said, if you, if you do this right, and people are open to it, you have won that person back. You have won that person back. Now, here's the point. Confront to reconcile, not to put people in their place. Confront to reconcile, not to put people in their place, to help not hurt. Now look at me. Again, let's just be honest. Often when we've had an offense especially if we've carried it for a while we've allowed that wound to build so by the time we're actually going to have a hard conversation about it rather than having a conversation about it we start with accusations and 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 our point is we want to we want justice to take place we want to we want to put that person in their place we want to win that argument we want to we want to let them have it and let them know but jesus said the goal of a hard conversation The the goal of confrontation is to do what? It's to reconcile. It's to win that person back. Let me say that again. We want to win the argument. Jesus wants to win the person. And that's changing our intention to the Jesus way. James 2 He says, read it with me. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Look at me. How many of you, when God judges you, hope that the good Lord is in a merciful mood? Yeah, at least seven of us, I can guarantee you. Colossians 3.13, read it with me, church. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. It's hard to give grace if you've never really received grace. Which is why what I want to say to you this morning is no matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, our God stands before you today with open arms, willing to pour out upon you all of his mercy, all of his grace, and all of his love. Think this thought with me. How many of you have ever had the Holy Spirit of God confront you? Look at me. It's not to drive you away. It's not to tell you how bad you are. The Holy Spirit of God confronts us so that we might reconcile with the Lord. Amen. And so we need to make sure that we have done that so that we can pass along some of that same mercy, and some of that same grace, and some of that loving, reconciling confrontation that God has demonstrated to us. This morning, if you've never received the great grace of God, if you've never asked him to forgive your past and to wash away all of that stuff that you've done, if you've If if you felt the Holy Spirit of God speaking to you this week and telling you you're on a wrong path, you're trying to do this all by yourself, if if the Holy Spirit of God has been confronting you a bit, it's because he loves you and he wants to draw you near. And I want to encourage you this morning, open your heart to that. Receive that loving reconciliation that God offers. And having done that, can we make a commitment this morning that we're not going to keep that to ourselves, but that we're going to allow that grace and mercy and reconciliation of God to flow through us. Here's my question to you. Is there anything between you and God you need to deal with? If so, this morning, confess that to him. Second question. Is there anything between you and someone else you need to deal with? that I want to challenge you to have the courage and, and, and have the integrity to give to someone else what God has given to you. If your relationships really mean something to you, then be willing to pay the price of an honest, hard conversation. Rachel's going to lead us you know, just a beautiful song. It's one of my favorite old hymns combined with a, another piece that I love, And then we're gonna receive communion together. I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and take out your cups if you would and go ahead and peel the bottom off and you can take that little wafer out. And you can peel back the top, have the juice ready. And after we sing this song through, I'm gonna pray for us today. I'm gonna ask God to meet us here in his grace and mercy. And today, make this while we sing your, your personal time with God. Open your heart to him. Let the Holy Spirit of God speak to you and then I'll pray for us all. Our fathers, we come before you this morning. We're we're just so grateful that you don't allow us to just wander around out there without speaking a word of confrontation into our lives. Sometimes it's through the the thoughts that you give us through your spirit. Sometimes it's through the intuitive feelings that we have in our heart. Sometimes it's through the consequences of life and the things that we have to face. But Lord, I'm just so thankful today that you love us enough that you want to reconcile with us. Even if it means you have to sit down with us and have a really hard conversation, one that's painful, one that's not easy to have. And yet you do it not to condemn us or to drive us away, but to draw us near. And Father, I, I pray that you would help us value our relationships that way. Lord, sometimes these relationships that we say are the most important things in our life, we we don't treat that way. Because sometimes even though the relationship is slipping away, we're, we're afraid to speak up, we're We're afraid to have an awkward moment where we talk about what's really going on. God, I just pray that you would give us courage. I pray that you would give us wisdom. I pray that you would give us the resolve that we need to try to make things right whenever we can. Lord, your word is so clear. You desire us to love one another with the same heart and the same passion that we love you. And I pray that you would help us to do exactly that. Father, I pray for any person this morning that maybe for the first time in their life is opening opening their heart to you to receive the grace and mercy you have, and I pray that you would just watch over them with that, that they would feel your arms of love around them, welcoming them home, that they would know freedom and grace like they've never known before. And having done that, Father, I, I pray for all of us who you're nudging this morning because. There's someone in our life that we need to have a hard conversation with. I pray that you would give us the wisdom and the discernment and the courage to know when to have that, where to have that, and how to have that, but that you wouldn't relent until we've at least made an attempt to tear down every wall and to drive the enemy's stake out that he puts between us. Lord, help us to cling to one another like we cling to you. In your precious name we pray today. And everyone said.